This is the good, the Baz, and the ugly. I'm the Baz. Well, that no, I'm Baz. That sounds weird if I were going around calling myself the Baz. Anyway, uh, look, this podcast is filled with uncensored interviews with experts in particular fields or real-life stories from people who have inspiring personal tales to tell. It covers various topics and life stories that I've really dug, you know what I mean? And I think you'll dig them too. Just so you know, this podcast is for grown-ups. It may contain adult themes, sexual references, and strong language. Fuck yeah! No, I just wanted to. Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Hold it now, wait, hold it. I know you're gonna dig this. I think the best thing for me to do is to introduce him. What the... What's his name? Baz Ashwami. It's not Baz Ashwami. It's Baz Ashmawi. Welcome to episode... Fuck, I have uh, no idea. 15. 12. 15. 15? Yeah. No, it's not. Is it 15, John John? 15, yeah. She's on the ball. Jesus, sorry. I, I'm sorry for underestimating you, Mahi. Sorry, Mahi. I wonder why you're underestimating me. Well, you're still in Ramadan, so. That's not an excuse for you to underestimate me. I, I have proved once and once again. You've the same IQ as these extra ice chewing gums. That's. Because at the moment, no, it's just a Ramadan thing. You just, your brain is not on firing on all cylinders like it usually would. Just wait till sunset. I'll be sharp as a razor. Yeah, you should move to Transylvania where that matters. Here, we work during the day hours. So. You're lost. <laughs> you, would, you would think that. It is my fucking loss. There's a three-man gig and we've, we're, we're woman down. That's what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? We miss you. That's all. Back soon. <laughs> Good. Mabruk, <Stay> <laughs> um, Mabruk to anyone out there doing uh, doing Ramadan, by the way. Um, okay, listen, look, I'm going to get straight into it. John, John, fashion, talk to me. You're a stylish guy. Comfort. Comfort comes first. Every That's a bullshit, right? That makes, it, that makes no. it sound like you're sitting there in a pajama suit. You're a very stylish man. You always have very nice kicks, nice haircut, nice cashmere jumper, if I'm not mistaken, on right now. It's a black bag, Baz, but I'm glad. I'm glad you like fooled you. <laughs> looks good on Zoom, I can tell you that. It looks, it looks stylish. <laughs> but Mahi, you're into, you're into clothes. That matters to you? Fashion matters? Yeah. Why? Because I make me happy. It makes you happy. Yeah. Good. You see, I, I I used to be really into fashion, and then I don't know somewhere along you the still lines. Are. Ah, my kids kind of ruined it, like everything. Yeah, well, this is old. But. And the watch and the trainers. Yeah. He's cool. He just doesn't want to say. No, 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 no. I, I just don't care. As I don't know. I just maybe it's this lockdown. Maybe it's been in lockdown for so long. My whole attitude is, well, who's going to see it? Do you know? I stayed home the other day. I took a day off work just to. I thought if I stay home the kids aren't around because they're like they're like rats they're in the gaff all the time and I thought I'll stay home and my gets the missus was making a load of lasagnas and freezing it and I thought might get some if I stay around if I loiter if I loiter around and annoy her enough I might break her down cut to cut to 10.30 and it's me cleaning lasagna trays and scrubbing with a Brillo pad and I was like fuck this do you know what I mean? And I was like, a part of me thought I need to spruce myself up. I need to, I need to, you know what I mean? Take care of my appearance a bit more. Hence, I said, John John, find me someone. John John found me Lucinda Graham. 
Lucinda Graham is fantastic. She's a designer, a stylist, a freelance creative. Uh, she's having a styling career spanning several years and she's only young, working uh, one-on-one with individual clients, musicians and celebrities. She's the she's the schnizzle man she's a multidisciplinary maker uh, based in belfast northern ireland and a recent fashion textile art and design graduate from the belfast school of art she is driven by a millennial's hunger for reality in a digital age exploring presenting social and mental health issues through various mediums 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 sounds scottish i just have a medium uh, she is incredibly passionate uh, about storytelling through clothing uh, wanting to empower people through fashion to express themselves and know themselves and also helping men in their mid 40s get some at home on a Tuesday when they should be in work so I had a great chat with her I liked her a lot and we really enjoyed it this is that chat Lucinda I'm excited. Listen, firstly, I because I, I, people can't see. Where are you? you? You're somewhere very, very fancy looking with sewing machines. Well, mind you. <laughs> that's it's all an illusion. It looks fancy. It's really not. It's um, a converted barn. I feel like everybody had a lockdown project. Everybody got very like DIY trigger happy. So um, me and my dad converted this. I mean, it's kind of like a cow shed, manly men shed kind of situation. And we converted it because... I think dad wanted to support me in the business, but also was very keen that I got out of the house and like wasn't sewing. I should explain, the it's the most unmanly cow shed looking place I've ever seen. There's nice fabric, yeah. sewing machine, yeah. <laughs> white walls and it's good. It's nice. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, I think it is important to have like some sort of space where you can just be and create and do something that isn't like closed off, you know, and has a bit of separation. So feel very, very lucky to have it because yeah. it's the first time I've had a studio ever, you know, so it's You're it's very amazing. cool. It's people, again, people can't see. So so uh, in the most unsleazy way, what are you wearing? What, what do you got to wear? <laughs> um, I'm wearing, this is actually a, like a smoking jacket, caftan kind of robe it's scenario. It's actually made quite literally from Manana's curtains. She kept them uh, for years and years. And I saw them and was like, it's kind of bougie. I want that. Uh, wearing a, it's like a tiger stripe waistcoat that's part of a three-piece suit that I got. It's a Savile Row suit, but I found it in a charity shop for like 30 quid. And I was like, I'll have that. And then about a million necklaces, a vintage like lilac nightdress and a pair of cowboy boots. So, you know, really casual it and really low It makes me think straight away. I wonder how much of fashion lies in a person's confidence to, because you rock that, right? But if I <laughs> if I put on that caftan and that caftan and a nice purple, purple blouse, vintage blouse, and which is very Harry Styles. Do you get me? Do you know, the fucking papers mm-hmm. would have a field day on me. They destroy me. So how much of it is yeah, confidence? It's interesting. I think, yes, confidence. But I think more than that, I think it's about who you are. Um, I was chatting with a client recently. I work as a personal stylist. And we were kind of talking about how I could put them in, you know, the most crazy, amazing look that might get them a lot of press and might get them a lot of, you know, this and that. But if it doesn't reflect who they are and... It, if it doesn't make them feel strong and comfortable and at ease, then that's what shows. And that's why you sometimes see 
people and looks and it feels jarring so I think if a person is wearing something that gives them so much joy and makes them feel excited while they're getting dressed that's what you see and yeah I guess you know that takes it takes confidence then to step out of kind of the skinny jeans and you know you to move away to something Don't 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 let him go with these skinny jeans, man. I keep telling him, man, it's a looser cut now. And he's like, don't fuck that. I'm not going for it. No, you do you. You do you, babe. There's no judgment here. This is a safe place. It's totally fine. Because <laughs> you talk about the confidence. And myself and John, John and Mahi were talking about this before. Like, when I moved to London first, I was like, oh, my God. Like, there was... You know, everyone, like, the lads with huge afros and, you know, uh, leopard skin fur coats and and anything kind of went. While living, yeah. growing up in Dublin, I'd have made who nearly got killed for wearing leopard skin trousers oh. once, you know. It's a different vibe. Are we a bit more, are we loosening up in Ireland yeah. a bit, you think? I mean, they always say that Ireland, as, you know, North and South, is about 20 years behind mainland Europe and 10 years behind the UK. Um, sometimes I would argue it's more are we? than that. Jeez. Like, style-wise. Right. Style-wise. Because people people hold on to things much longer. Trends last a lot longer here than they than they do kind of that they, they would turn over in like Paris or London or whatever. But I also think there's a very, like, if you want to dress in a certain way and be outlandish and express mm. yourself... I think it's an Irish thing that people are like, who do you think you are? Like, yeah. why do you think you're all that? Like, what? Like, why do you... Like, I went to art college in Belfast and I was also working freelance. So I was flying back and forth to London for work as much as I could. And it would be so funny. Like, I could wear the exact same outfit in Belfast and people wouldn't sit beside me on the bus and, like, people wouldn't, like, go near me. And then I'd wear it in London and people would be like, babe, you're so cute. Like, yes, I love what you're wearing. Who are you wearing? And would, like, interact with me. Whereas in Belfast, it would be, like, people would be like, stay to you. And would be like, look at me and all. But, like, it's it's such a weird comparison. I think it is getting better. But, again, we're way, way behind. It just takes a lot longer. And, like, I live in currently, I did live in Belfast for six years. Now because of the old Panny D, I'm back in rural County Down. So, you know, it is a bit different for me walking around a rural town in, you know, in this. It's it's odd. It's an odd situation. When we think of kind of fashion, we think, we always automatically think clothes, but what else do you think contributes to a kind of fashion sense? I think if we're talking about contributing to fashion, I think people don't realise quite how far that spreads and and how everything from film to tv to interior design um is all linked in with fashion like it's so so broad and i think it's interesting how some people can maybe assume or only see what's in the high street and that is kind of fashion but that actually extends so much farther back from so many other factors that will contribute like maybe there's a film that's come out that is very 70s based and it's won loads of oscars everybody's obsessed with it then that will kind of influence things you know so there's so much i think i went to a funeral recently and all the lads were wearing the the peaky blinders hats 
yeah. and the overcoats yeah. all of them are like and i was like it looked quite cool but like it was literally like being on the set of peaky blinders i was <laughs> like this is mad like that, that but they obviously that's what you're saying you know something like yeah. you know something cultural uh, cultural and iconic like that can make a difference i wonder sometimes because i used to work in yeah. in uh, in the clothing store not in, i was going to say in fashion that, that would give <laughs> give off the wrong vibe. Oh, I, would, I would do the windows yeah. i would do window design and all that kind yeah. of stuff you know and I used to wonder, I wonder now, has social media, has that destroyed fashion or has it added to it? So I was thinking, I think about this a lot. I think a lot about uh, trend forecasting and the relationship between where we are at as, a, you know, kind of a global sense within fashion as well as like person to person and all the different factors that affect that. And so I think that social media hasn't necessarily ended it, but it's disrupted it because what you had before was a very linear movement of designer who very much decided what the colors, what the cuts, you know, the the Christian Dior's, you know, all of those kind of very influential people, they decided what would be kind of the trickle down effect. And then, you know, women would buy the patterns, they would make it for themselves, it would be sold in smaller stores, you know, around the world. So you kind of had this very straight, very linear, normal movement. Whereas now, because of social media, and like you were talking about subcultures as well, subcultures are something that influence my work and like me personally a lot. But what do you mean when you say subcultures? Explain that to me in a little more depth. Subcultures is in, I think, specifically around the time of the late 60s through to the early 80s. I think you always see a relationship between really tumultuous times in politics and big, big sparks of like weird fashion. They they coincide because young people trying to make sense of the world that's around them. Mm -hmm. A really easy and tangible way to do that is through your hair and your makeup and your clothes because it's a form of control it's a form of saying donald trump is or like was president uh like syria is getting bombed every five minutes i don't i don't have a job i don't know what to do but i can listen to this really angry music and just feel something so i think that's really really interesting and but the, the difference between that is now instead of having to dress to immediately have a community and to like immediately fit in. Now you have people with an online community, which is still really important, but it's expressed differently because it's expressed through posting and through reels and like TikToks and all these sort of things. And so instead of this linear sort of designer, design house, runway, smaller stores, you know, stuff like that, where trends would last much longer, Instead, you kind of have this like full circle where you have, you know, the designers and the people that kind of make the clothes in the middle and they are then looking to what people on TikTok are doing, what smaller brands and sustainable designers are doing, what are the people on Instagram doing, what are, who are the influencers wearing? So it's almost like we have disrupted that linear cycle. And I see it all the time where really large brands are actually profiting off of subcultures and the the DIY aesthetic and are selling it back to people with bucket loads of money mm-hmm. for a couple of grand because they can you know even for example uh the the rise of kind of crochet and, and homemade 
things because people are taking up a lot of skills over lockdown people want to keep themselves occupied um, a lot of people have started small businesses turning their crafts into a source of income to help them during the pandemic and then now you see on multiple runways I mean Miu Miu had their autumn winter like last week all crochet crochet jackets and scarves and balaclavas which I've done as well and it's it's really crazy to see how there's small designers there's small makers that are selling via Instagram but then you also have a really a huge brand like Miu Miu then selling it back so it's almost like instead of being linear, it's it's almost like a, like a, a graph that kind of peaks and dips and troughs and they're kind of taking from multiple avenues. I think it, it's a really weird kind of disrupted cycle, I think. How does the industry set global trends when having to consider things like, I suppose, culture or climate or an economic state or different countries? Mm-hmm. How do you have a generic kind of fashion it's it's such an interesting thing. It's something I uh, I love. I obsess over it. it I just think that the industry as a whole is, um, for all of its shortcomings, it is an incredible machine. So you kind of you know you you don't have some kind of Anna Wintour esque person in a castle that's like you know points and says like this is the one. Um, but what actually does happen is there are trend forecasting services and there are people whose business it is to assess the political climate the where the economy is the global economy are people um you know like deglobalization that's like where we are now so people are moving back to buying from where they're from instead of kind of this worldwide kind of sphere that we've been in for you know the past 10 years um you know there's so many different factors as well obviously like pandemic is a huge one but they couldn't have known the pandemic but these things will have been taken into account years previous so sites like wgsn are trend forecasters and they will be working on assessing this kind of global climate as a whole from maybe three years in advance. So what do they do? Do they send people like to Tokyo and New York and just see what kids on the street are wearing or how, how do they? They they will. Um, so we actually had access to WGSN when we were in art college because they kind of have like access, but to pay for it, it's, you know, it's thousands of dollars to access all of this wealth of information. But you also have services like Pantone, like the color people saying this is, the color for the year this is kind of the climate this is where people are at as well as what colors will kind of be on trend and then that directly factors into trade shows where designers will go to buy their fabric where interior designers are going to go and buy their fabric and interior design and fashion like constantly directly influence one another and we all we talked about films as well so for example there's the adam driver lady gaga gucci movie that's coming out that i'm really losing my mind over um but that's set to come out in november and that's kind of i think it's late 70s early early 80s um about the attempted assassination of uh the ceo of gucci at the time but lux italiana double-breasted suits pinstripes big oversized glasses loafers all of kind of the the gauche kind of gucci style we know that that's going to be a huge film, so you can almost predict. You that. can micro predict. Like I'm a sneakerhead, right? I'm an old school yeah. sneakerhead. So, so <clears throat> I would buy sneakers 
But the, the excitement for me used to be going in and discovering or finding um, a unique pair of sneakers and going, yeah. okay, and then I'd go out and then I'd flex them when I'm out and someone would go, they're sick, what are they? But that's dead now, right? Because the whole sneaker culture now is just, you know, everybody knows what every pair of sneakers is. So there is no, oh my God, yeah. what are they? You know, there's none of that. So, And then uh, the algorithms I see on Instagram, like it's the same dude in the same ripped black jeans with the same long white t-shirts and it's it just like i'm just like seeing yeah. the same thing and i wonder is that like a bullet to the head to, to kind of any form of individuality you know yeah i mean it's it's a really weird one because i think that we all like to think that we're the main character in our own story we like to think that we're these you know incredible people which we are but also we are part of millions of people so that like the same things are going to be shown over and over again they just are do you know what I mean there's a certain element of having a hive mind Mm -hmm. so not not everybody is going to be completely unique in how they approach fashion but like what you're saying it can feel really odd when you're just seeing the same thing repeated again 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 via Instagram and I think then the flip side of that is that like I said about communities the cool thing about that is for example like myself if you grew up in a really rural place that was kind of devoid of fashion or you know excitement or whatever you can then choose to engage with the people that you want you can choose to follow people that put fashion or style or aesthetics or they make things out into the world. You're a very fashionable person there. Do you do you, do you have days at home? Do you wear like night joggers and, and a Flight yeah. of the Concords t-shirt? Are you always styled? Are you always like... Because it's your job. I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, I would say my casual stuff would still be a bit weird for other people. I mean, I wear, I always wear like weird socks, like tie-dye socks. I wear like crocs and clogs but I, but I also love really baggy oversized clothes like really influenced in my early years by like punk and by hip-hop so I only wear like xxxl my daughter's walking around like your man from big do you know what I mean when, <laughs> do you remember, remember when he turns back into a kid and I'm like fucking hell you're just ahead in yeah. the jacket like it's like it's but that's the style, obviously, now, like, super oversized. Is that the yeah. is that the gist? I collect, like, vintage Harley Davidson and, like, vintage, uh, like, hoodies and, like, you know, like, NFL sweats and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, a lot of the stuff that I do when I'm in the studio, like, it's, it's a weird thing with Instagram as well because now not only do you need to make cool stuff, you also need to show that you're cool while you're making cool stuff. And I'm like, would you actually just like piss off? I have no makeup on. I'm in my sweats and my hoodie and my Crocs. Like I haven't washed my hair in three days and I just have a bandana on. Like that—that that is me the majority of the time. I actually came down the stairs this morning and I was like, ooh, look who got dressed today. <laughs> John John wanted to know, like when you reach a certain age, do you have to, do you have to change your fashion sense? I'm, ta- I'm taking the piss. That's me really asking that. I'm just, po- I'm just pointing at that, John John. But like, do you, do you ever look at older, like say someone my age, right? I'm in my mid forties and go, what the fuck is he wearing? Like, who does he think? Like, should you dress your age? Is that important? Never, 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 never. Nope. I like when I was 15 and 16, I only shopped in vintage stores and I was obsessed with like, I have like quite a large hat collection and I loved hats and all my mates used to rip the absolute piss out of me for wearing all these hats. And like, 
like uh brogues and like dressing like a dapper dan yeah. when i was like 16 but they were like we're going to the corner shop like why are you dressed like that so like consequently if somebody older wants to dress younger like that's the thing we, we label certain clothes as this is appropriate for this bracket and for this bracket but like who who said that like who told you that who told you that you couldn't wear that and if it brings you joy and it makes you feel amazing then like that like who am i to be like I suppose there's this thing when you're older sometimes you can feel like you're trying too hard like to you it's or i can tell yeah. you're the time you could wear these fucking curtains behind me right and and drape them around you and look fairly cool while like i said like if i said look i'm going to a thing in paris i want you to style me put me in something like what would you put someone like me in? what would you think is is sharp for me to turn heads first of all the most important thing to me when i'm working with a client is like who do you love what do you look at that gets you excited so like is it a suit? Is that you? Or is something more casual? Or can we disrupt and create something that's more casual, but in a fabric that is like really smart and kind of play around with that? Because for me, it's it's always, always starts with the comfortability of the client and with them looking cool. But I mean, for somebody like you, I mean... I'm that stereotypical, like grew up in the 90s. So I'm kind of like a blend of streetwear and then the odd time I have to wear a suit. That's kind of as exciting as I get. Yeah. Do you know, like Carhartt hoodies and and jeans and Nikes yeah. and you know, people, people always forget. Like, I this sounds like a very like cliche fashion mm. thing to say, but like the power of accessorizing. You could be wearing an all black outfit that's fairly regular, fairly normal, but it's really well tailored with like a class pair of boots, like a mountain style hat, like a Pharrell Williams style hat with a chain or with a scarf or a scarf tied around the hat something really simple like it doesn't to be striking you don't have to be outlandish if something's curated really really well it stands out much better than something that's loud for being loud sake i just want to see the face of my missus when i arrive in one of those hats <laughs> and cowboy boots and a black suit <laughs> the fuck is up because I'm grey and have like a traditionally boring haircut, does that would I have to do something mad with that? Would I have to freshen that up a bit? No, I love I love grey hair. I've actually started greying. I blame my work stress life, my work life balance, but I actually like I have very dark hair and I've just I'm twenty four and I'm like I've just noticed that I'm like proper greying and I'm actually like, do you know what? I'm kind of ready for it. I want like Meryl Streep in the Devil Wears Prada. Like I want that fantasy, like the white hair. I'm here for it. Never change that. It's class. I love it. Because uh, I work in an industry where I, it's documented. Yeah. I can look back and go, what the fuck was I wearing? There's lots of those moments where you think, what was I thinking that day when I went off to that thing? Like, is there, is there, can you be a victim of fashion? Yes and no. So I think, like, even for myself, like, I am constantly experimenting. And I might put something on and by the end of the day be like, do you know what, actually, I wasn't really keen on this. Like, I didn't actually really like this. But, like, why aren't you allowed to try? Like, you shouldn't have to have the pressure of being this, like, perfectly curated, perfect person. Like, try something, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think the fashion victim comes into it where, in two scenarios, when people just follow trends. Because trends come and go, but, like, style is what lasts. Like, if you know yourself and your style, that will never look 
odd or old it'll progress but it won't look jarring but if you're like oh the 90s are in i'm gonna wear 90s then your style constantly looks really like odd because you're just following what other people are like telling you to wear and it doesn't look doesn't look natural and then the second thing is when people have more money than sense i can't hack it and you see people like wearing stupid which costs like stupid money and i'm like just because you have a gucci belt on it doesn't mean you're fashionable just call him john john (laughs) it's it's unbelievable in brown thomas they get great mileage of him he's gucci track suits up and down and he's yeah it's but but there is that as well like i see it as well like my thing is like i want to be stylish you know i want to be stylish but i never want to I suppose something happens as you get older where you just look at yourself one day and you go, where, what happened? Where, where, I used to care so much more. Or, like, paint me a picture of the future because at the moment, I think, like, I feel like we're in a period of time in Ireland anyway, where, you know, like people are just locked in a bit and, and, and fashion seems, even yeah. though people are buying a lot, it's not like, like I, I was laughing at me going to Tesco's the other day. Like I spent like 45 minutes picking what kicks I was going to wear and, you know, swapping sweaters and like just, you swear I was going to a premiere or something. I was like, but, but, but that's going to end and we're going to have these roaring 20s and I think we're going to explode yeah. into that. What's that going to look like? Like, is there, is there trends coming that you see that you think, oh, this is the way it's going to be or this is what's going to be fashionable? This is something that I've looked into and I've kind of done my own sort of like market research on, obviously like as a designer and as somebody that just really loves delving into all of this stuff. I think, you know, you're so right with the whole Roaring Twenties vibe. I think that we are going to see from a lot of people, I think a certain confidence in maximalism because I think that people will have been locked down with their clothes for so long they just want to wear them and I think people won't care as much about them looking perhaps like the the right way or on trend or on style because people just want to like get dressed and like turn out that's what that's what I I wonder because we've all been in our sweaters and our joggers and like is everyone just going to be like three-piece suits and and like, is it going to be dapper damn time, you know? My fingers are crossed for that. But I think what's interesting, the one kind of rift in the whole scenario, um, well, kind of two, I would say. First one is, it's also as much as, yeah, Roaring Twenties and maximalism and, and sequins and parties and like Studio 54 and all those vibes. I think also people are going to come out of this heavy and, and scarred and, and having gone through a lot of trauma in this these past 12 months and I think that that will affect fashion in a way that we're not quite sure yet and I think so much of fashion is clued into the the attitudes of where people are so a, an example I use with people all the time is the recession and uh if you look back at that time even at like tv and what people wore you know all like Trini Susanna and all those kind of reality shows yeah. Everything is cream, beige, brown, all neutrals. Because if I was to step out in a bright pink fuchsia suit, it would be disrespectful. It it would feel kind of wrong because people are losing their jobs, people are losing their livelihoods, and I'm out here showing my, you know, extravagance. Uh, And so So you think people are going to be a little bit more muted with it? I think there won't be a blanket answer for everyone because you you can't lump everybody into the same category. So I feel like some people have just gotten through by the skin of their teeth through this year. And I feel like for some people, 
it won't be time for them to rejoice. I feel like for some people it will be heavy and it will be hard. And I feel like you will see a lot more uniform-esque. So like kind of, yeah, like a full suit, but almost like a denim Canadian tuxedo basics, a rise of basics that are structured and maybe more tailored. But I also think that then on the flip side of that, I feel like people have really embraced shopping independent and smaller because they realize like, these big businesses are fine during a global pandemic, but Sarah down the street has a small business and she might lose everything. Mm. So it's really put those sort of priorities in intact for people. So I feel like you will see, hopefully, I hope obviously as a small business owner, I hope that people will embrace independent and, and smaller styles. And I hope that they will like reinvent them. I think the comfort is going to be a huge thing because people's bodies will have changed you know we're we're so sedentary right now we're not moving as much as we used to people will have gained weight people might have lost weight because of stress you know and I feel like people will having lived in sweats for so long you won't want to go straight from a pair of sweatpants necessarily I think into something form-fitting um so I think that perhaps certain styles will work in a way that have different cuts and that are really forgiving and are really flattering, but still strong and are still out there. Only you say that, because last year, I, I now it could have been where I was in the country. I was working down in Dingle and <laughs> and I kind of started falling in love with like, kind of like Donegal wool and, yeah. and like nice kind of, yeah. kind of knitted scarves and cat hats and all this kind of very, comforting kind of clothing yeah. like Aaron's sweat Aaron like was walking around like a fucking yeah. fisherman and I was like but it just felt so comforting or something so I can imagine yeah. going back to something more yeah. more traditional like that as well fabric wise you know yeah massively I think that people are gonna regress almost to to things that make them feel that comfort that that almost like wearing something that is a comfort blanket so things that maybe their mum or their nana might have worn maybe it might be things that bring them a sense of like literal comfort you know so for for this year it was more predicted that it was going to be 60s um and they kind of go in cycles um there's kind of a 20 year period but some people argue that because of social media it's actually a 10 year repeat so do you remember in the 2010s everybody was obsessed with the 80s yeah yeah like acid wash denim and like all of that was a big thing in the neons um but people think that because of social media because everything's so much more accessible that the the repetition of eras is happening like faster okay. um as well as our interpretation of them so in 2010 it was very much i will wear acid wash jeans with a high top and like a like a neon bodysuit. It was very much like, I'm just gonna wear the same thing. Whereas perhaps now, because of social media, because they're happening faster, the, the way that we actually take the influences aren't just as direct. They're, they're not as on the nose. They're much more nuanced. So it could be the shape that'll be the same, but the way that it's worn and how it's styled will be like, completely different when i grew up right i grew up in an era where and I, this is a real old man question so like be nice to me like but i grew up in an era where there was genres of fashion as in and um, there was goths there was rockers there was teddy boys there was rude boys there was ska there was all that yeah. kind of 80s um expression 
and and that dictated the kind of fashion trends that you were in and people did jump you had someone who was a cure head from the age of like certain ages and then they jumped over and they became something else is that gone now is does that still exist i think it exists but in a slightly different form so pardon me i was a skinhead for the better part of six years this is me just growing up my head from being completely bald um and was really heavily into punk and rave i still am but obviously no raves um and was organized in the the organization of those parties i ran parties i ran nightlife and you can see what's really interesting in something like rave culture which is huge which also rave culture always burgeons when uh politics and when things go into massive dire straits they always do that they have like a complete intertwined relationship because people need to process and escape what's happening but what you'd see in those parties we'd be like on the door and you know giving people wristbands and stuff and you would have the huge goths coming in in like 10 inch platforms and then you'd have the uh the bimbo girls like self-proclaimed bimbo all pink juicy couture with stripper platforms coming in and then you would have the punks coming in then you'd have the rave kids coming in in like huge baggy sweatpants and air max and like a crop top and you know what i mean and like a windbreaker so quite naturally within those music scenes i think now which is different to how it originally was you already have a crossover in those spaces and i think that the, the difference is i would argue that the the north south divide within like obviously a uk and probably ireland as well um kind of exists where the more northern you get there's such a like birth of music from places in the north Mm -hmm. and so they would uh really like get their teeth like stuck into different trends and but people share that kind of love of the music so you might be really into like dub and reggae but you are like a skinhead or really into like two-tone but you're actually a goth you know what i mean so i think there is definitely those crossovers but the way that it's expressed is different and it's not as rigid i don't think i don't think if you're a goth you can only listen to three days grace and you can only do this people are a lot more freer and like especially even in my own style i'm able to like lend from like i love western i love country but like i also love you know punk and rock and roll as well i hear there's this kind of trend at the moment and we're actually doing other podcasts on it which is the minimalism right and you know these people who are minimalist so mm-hmm. so everything is minimal in their life including their wardrobe and the argument they have a lot of the time is like look at steve jobs steve jobs wore like you know a pair of blue jeans and a black pole neck and i'm like look at the fucking hacker steve jobs no offense like you know like he's a genius but the fuck i'm walking around it like that you know but but can people live with you know, can they can they live with just a selective wardrobe and still be fashionable? Yeah, I I think you can, but I think like it always comes back to it's if it reflects who you are. So I definitely know that for some people, um, you can feel maybe overwhelmed, or maybe there are people that feel that have anxiety or feel maybe quite stressy or maybe a bit on edge. For them, wearing things that are clean cut and that are simple are actually going to be easier for them because every morning all of their clothes go together whereas for me if I look at my wardrobe I'm like okay there's like three 90s six pairs of 
waistcoats and cargo boots and like everything's really random so that would freak someone else out and that would be overstimulating mm. so i definitely think that there is something to be said for having a certain thing but what i what i really hate obviously as a raging maximalist myself i really really hate people that think that they're better than other people or on some higher plane of existence because they only wear minimal things like i hate that i can't stand that as if you're more serious or as if you take life more seriously than somebody who wants to like express through clothing you know what i mean but i suppose there's a there's an there's an element i i have to agree with you there's an element of someone looking at someone who's enjoys fashion right and whether whatever that fashion is whether that's high street or whether that's you know their own individual flair on things and thinking Mm -hmm. that's vanity or self-indulgent or you know, yeah. it's, it's not, it's having no footing in the real world and the, you know, things yeah. that matter or, you know, but that's nonsense really, yeah. isn't it? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I work as like, as well as styling, uh, like musicians and kind of performance. I also do like personal styling, like one-on-one and the, the effect that clothing can have on people, on your mood and on your ability to express and to feel confident. And I always say to people, I don't care how you dress. Like I care about who you are as a person. Yeah, fashion is my life and it's something that I love and I feel so passionately about it and I love my job, but it's not for everyone. So if you don't want to engage with that, that's okay. It doesn't doesn't put me on some sort of level or pedestal just because it's, you know, in inverted commas, just because it's cool. Mm. It's as long as you feel good and you feel happy and confident and comfortable in your own skin, even if it's something that I wouldn't wear, I don't care because my job is to make you feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So like just stripping away all of that like hierarchy and ugh, I can't can't stand it. Yeah. I suppose it's it's just putting your stamp or your identity on who you are sometimes. Like it's funny like mm-hmm. I worked in 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 city in London years ago. But like yeah. the first thing they tell you to do is go and buy a suit that's no cheaper than 500 euro or 500 sterling. They tell you don't do it. And and I didn't really get it. And then I understood that when you went into work, you felt different. You felt like an ass kicker, if that makes sense. It was a psychological, which at the time made yeah. no sense to me. But afterwards, I was like, I kind of get what they mean, you yeah. know, because it, yeah. it's, it's, it, it does project how you feel a certain way, yeah. you know? massively i'm a really big fan of a suit i'm actually looking at um i like for styling i have like my own kind of curated like pieces and stuff but i'm like looking at an entire reel that's just suits that i've like collected over the years and there's been times where i've had to go do like public speaking or i've had to go do do something that has like i'm tired i don't have the energy for it or whatever but if i put on a suit something that takes up space i'm like i'm I'm ready for this. I can I can go do this. I definitely think there's a relationship between like you know how people say dress for the job you want? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like like dress for what you want to communicate because if you have it on your body then you're like halfway there. Um tell me this, you're working from home obviously. What's that mm. like? Um it's interesting. Uh, my parents will probably listen to this. So I mean it's amazing. Yeah, I love them. Uh, <laughs> I mean it's it swings and roundabouts, doesn't it? Like I, I lived out for six years. Um, I lived and worked in London as well for a bit, and I go back and forth as much as possible, and really value my independence. And then obviously, when you know, Panny D hit, um, came back home. 
to be with a family to be close my sister just had a baby she was living at home and we just we just wanted to be together um but that looked like me living on a sofa bed and working in the same room so I lived on a sofa bed in the dining room with all my sewing kit uh and for what I thought was going to be a few weeks that turned into seven months um with eight people in the same house it was incredibly stressful and I'd lost my job um due to the pandemic so it was it was a lot um but also at the same time it's what really gave me the push to go fully uh on my own I always had a a part-time job a side hustle that would give me the stability to do what I needed to do um but I think you know the 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 support of having people around you that love you and are just so for you um is amazing and my parents were so fantastic and so supportive of me to really go for this and and to uh to just push for it but it is it's a weird relationship being an adult and you know like my parents are both in agriculture and I'm like hello <laughs> like, so like I like flamboyant like exploding like, into the room in in your <laughs> nana's curtains kaftan and them just going Lucinda works in fashion. But is no, it like the that they embraced you and that they supported you like that? Yeah, they're they're amazing. It would be like the wee ladies from the church hall would be in the garden, socially distanced, having a scone, and I'd be all hiya, and they'd be like, "That's our middle child, Lucinda." <laughs> Do you know what? It's been so nice to chat to you, Lucinda. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You're you're fantastic. I wish you all the best. I, w- I wanted to just ask you quickly before you go, who do you love? Like, is there designers that you really, that you admire and you look up to or you, you, you're excited by at the moment? It's a hard one because there are certain designers that I follow and I do love, but I guess my own personal style is such a tornado of multiple styles that I'm not, I'm not a Gucci girl or I'm not, Prada girl but I I do love Gucci I love what Alessandro Michelle has done I think it can be replicated really easily for younger fans that are looking on and want to create the aesthetic I think that sort of inclusion for people is is really lovely and I think he knows what he's doing with that um and I love what he's like doing with Harry Styles and his styling I think it's great it's risk-taking and it's fun but I mean at the same time Prince and Bowie and everybody already did it so it's not it's not big deal the fucking big deal to me and John John if we arrive home wearing pearls and and like listen look if I could do it I would Jesus Christ I would but I just not what about what if I want to see your stuff where can I see that well glad you asked you can see my stuff on my website which is lucindagraham.co.uk or my instagram which is at lucinda.graham.studio um i also just dressed one of the members of fontaine's dc for the grammys so you can also wow. see him wearing a custom suit for i like i like the way you just fucked that in there just like a little grenade here you go <laughs> That's amazing. You've got to be your own hype woman, you know. <laughs> I knew by looking at you, you've got you you you're very you've got something really special. I'm going to follow you right now, and um, 
If anyone's listening, they should follow you too. You're super cool. <laughs> You're super cool. And I, I imagine very big things for you. So, and I might give you a shout. I might DM you. You might be able to help me and John John out. My door is open. My, my phone's on. Let me know. Has there ever or has there ever been a place in the world for jeans and shoes? Has there ever been a place in the world? Boot cut jeans and shoes. And shoes. It, it's a traditionally very bad. She's... <laughs> People can't see. I think she's getting sick into one of her many hats right now. She looks very queasy. No, as somebody growing up in rural Ireland, rural County Down, I know, I know the exact look you're talking about. We're talking a G Star Raw, like a nice, a nice solid blue jean with it with a tan brown shoe. And I mean, honey, you do you. Like it's, it's fine. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, literally step on anybody's toes. Um, it's about who you are on the inside, but I, I would, I would tweak that. <laughs> Listen, look, I, you, you've inspired us, me and John John and Mahi on our big night out. We'll all be in, it'll be like zoot suits. We'll all be sidestepping down the, down the street with big hats. Can't wait, can't wait. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you were brilliant. You were great. Thank you. I see. I love her. She's just got such great energy, isn't she? She's great, Crack. She's brilliant. Listen, um, I'm I'm, I'm converted, man. I'm, I'm going styly. I'm bringing sexy back, man. In the Shmaley household, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Uh, listen, despite what people think, fashion does matter. It does. Like it matters to the economy, to society, and to us individually. You know. Quicker than anything else, what I wear tells a kind of story of who I am or maybe even who I want to be, you know. Uh, honestly, a lot of the time, I think fashion is seen as a an arsy, indulgent, frivolous, kind of vain kind of industry. But I think people forget how important it really is. Like economically, Globally, the industry is valued at what three trillion or something like that. It's the second biggest economic activity for trade. It employs over fifty-seven million workers in developing countries, and eighty-nine percent of them, I think, I read, who are all women. On a human level, for some people, fashion is the most immediate form of self-expression. That's the most important thing, hands down. Like I can appreciate fashion. I might not like all of it. But I can appreciate it. But like everything in life, it doesn't fucking matter what I think about you, does it? It only matters what you think about you. Like, I'm going to quote, I'm going to leave it with a quote from Tom Cruise in Far and Away, which I never thought I'd say, right? Do you remember that movie, John John? Jesus, will I ever forget? <laughs> Worst accent of all time. Apparently he nearly didn't get into Scientology because of that accent. <laughs> I wouldn't would be surprised it was the worst Irish accent. But let me quote him. Let me quote him. Tell me you like my hat. Say you like my hat. <laughs> Why can't you say it, Shannon? Why can't you say you like my suit? I earned it. Stop being a hater. Like my fucking hat. Okay, this is all I'm saying. Fashion's all right, right? I'm dropping the mic. I like your trainers. Thank you. <laughs> say whatever you like. You know what I mean? Listen, um... Like always uh, Like our podcast Like our podcast Please leave a comment uh, Subscribe Maybe tell a pal Tell some friends Hook them up um, You can always get me on uh, My social media You can get me on Instagram At B At Shmewy uh, B-A-S-H-M-A-W-Y Or on Twitter At Baza Shmewy I, I think that's pretty much it Isn't it? Yeah. 
like like always like always got none but love and listen good looking cup <laughs> <laughs>